Hello, America, and whoever the hell wants to fucking listen to this podcast. Welcome to the second episode of Nonsense with the Goonies. Yes, the name of our podcast changed just because. But our podcast for the next couple episodes will probably be under a little bit of construction as uh, a couple of our podcast hosts are going to work out a little bit of the kinks in it just because we're just starting out, getting in our groove. We are here to talk about the latest in sports, sports gambling, and anything else that comes to our mind. And a couple new voices on the podcast, uh, one is which are Ross Campbell. Ross, What's say hi. What's going on, guys? What's going on? Checking down uh, from down here in Christiansburg. I just had up Blacksburg, Virginia, Virginia Tech. What's going on? And then we got Mr. Logan Stover. What's going on, y'all? We're here in uh, snowy York County. Got a little winter wonderland going on today. So got off work, got yes, off sir. work a little early, and uh, let's talk some sports, guys. And we are missing Gavin Toomey today. Gavin Toomey would be on in uh, regularly in our podcast shows, so we're missing that guy. But um hope that guy's doing well. So uh, – First, we're going to start out initial reactions of all these head coaching hires in the NFL. What are you guys thinking about this? Mike McCarthy, Joe Judge, and uh, Matt Rule being all hired. So, uh, Mike McCarthy was just hired by the Dallas Cowboys. And from the first episode, uh, I told y'all that Gavin and I are both a little bit of Cowboy fans. We're actually pretty big Cowboy fans. And me personally, hate the hire. Do not like the hire of Mike McCarthy, do not think he's going to change anything in the franchise. What do you guys think, Logan? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you are. As, as a Bears fan, you know, Chicago Bears fan, my entire life, playing Mike McCarthy two times a year, seeing that West Coast offense with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, I just I don't see it fitting. I just, you know, I, I don't see a power run game that they need Zeke to get going. They need, the, you know, the run game. Um, that's kind of the staple of the Cowboys offense. And I just see a lot of short, quick passes. Uh, exactly. Exactly. There's no, uh, there's no like power run in his resume at all. Like, and the Cowboys staple is their bell cow Zeke. And they just run the ball with the, they have, they're an offensive line staple with a running back. That's what they do. And then they, sh- they do that. And then they'll, uh, then they want to make explosive plays downfield, and that's not what his forte is. Ross, what do you feel so, about this? I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat as you guys. Um, you know, I kind of looked around the division, so I, I think you guys may agree with me on this one. But um, so, you, you know, you got the Eagles, you got the Giants, you got the Redskins. Um, you know, do you think Mike Mah- uh, McCarthy is a better hire than uh, Doug Peterson? Do you think he's a better coach than Doug Peterson? Uh, I don't, you know, whose contract is also up. Well, this year. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think no, he's no way. I, I thought yeah, he, probably I thought not. He did one hell of a coaching job <laughs> this year. Um, you know, honestly, I think he was arguably one of the coaches that you could have argued for a coach of the year, um, considering what they dealt with all the injuries that they had. But um, you know, just just kind of back to my point though. Um, I, I just I don't know. You know, I, I was looking for a wow hire. I thought they were going to go with Urban Meyer. In all seriousness. Um, I thought that would that would have been a wow hire. I think um, Lincoln uh, Lincoln Riley would have been a, a wow hire. Uh, but you know, I think it's a safe hire. I, I think it's you know a lot of the same of what Dallas has dealt with. Um, and, See, and yeah, I mean, I, some you know back to what you guys were saying. I I don't know if they're going to go back to the run game. He never really had a run game in Green Bay. 
but at the same time, he's never had a back like Zeke. So um, it's going to be interesting. I, 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 I'm expecting a little bit more of the same. I think the NFC East is always up for always up for grabs, but uh, every, every year, uh, every year, every year, but. But but my two cents of the matter is for the Cowboys, especially as being a Cowboys fan, and granted, I'm a pretty realistic Cowboys fan. I don't come in on like a bandwagon Cowboys fan. My I was born in 97, so through my lifetime, it's been miserable being a Cowboys fan. It's just being mediocre every year after the next, and then having a 13-3 and season and then being excited. But then at this point, I just don't get my hopes up. I probably got excited for two Cowboys games this year. It's terrible. But what I think they need is they need a fire lit under their butts. Like, honestly, like, that defense did not live up to expectations this year. And the only time they got fired up is when, like, Doug Peterson said, oh, yeah, the first time they squared off against the Eagles, Doug Peterson's like, oh, yeah, it's a guaranteed win. That the, Doug Peter, the other coach, lit a fire under Dallas's defense ass, and then they they fucked them up that first game, and then, but I don't think they needed like an offensive like superstar like or like a like a stud mind like um, Lincoln Riley or Sean McVay type. I honestly think they needed someone like Ron Rivera. They needed a mature defensive coach. Or or bring in like somebody like that as a defensive coordinator, but I don't think a head coach would want to go from head coach to D coordinator or whatnot. Like I think Rex Ryan would be a good D coordinator if you had like a head coach like Lincoln Riley. You need like offsetting different uh big personalities. Diff- yeah, offsetting personalities, Logan. exactly. Logan, who would you have hired? Man, I really like Ron Rivera, and I, I know that's biased as a, a Bears fan, but he was the defensive coordinator for the Bears when, when they had those teams with Erlacher and uh, Lance Briggs and Peanut Tillman. Um, just, you know, great. he always had a great defense, and they always played hard for him. And even those Carolina guys, you could see at the end of the year, they gave up. You know, they liked Ron Rivera. He was their coach. He's a player's coach. They want to play for him. And – and you know the fact that um, they're hire, you know they're going to hire Mike McCarthy, who players didn't like in Green Bay. You know it's it's obvious that players were not pleased with him. They said he was too old school. You know he wouldn't adapt. And you know I just think he's another yes man for for Jerry Jones. Exactly. Yeah. I don't exactly. Understand. The yeah. culture is not going to change if the owner. Listen now, this is this is hindsight twenty twenty. And correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but did did I read it right that that. Jack Del Rio is going to be hired for offensive coordinator in, in uh, Washington. Defense. 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 Okay, defense. So, yeah, defense. So, Ron, so, so Rivera's not even um, running the defense. He's just head coaching. Yeah, yeah and, and he, I love – I don't think, hate that. I think the Redskins have a good, a good shot at uh, winning the division next year. If Haskins can build off of his end of the year, which I never thought Dwayne Haskins should have played, but, like, he kind of had to because Keenum got hurt yep. a little bit. So he kind of got forced into that role. I always, like, had faith in Haskins. I never thought he'd be a bust because, like, you throw 55 touchdowns in your senior year of college, I don't think you're going to be a bust, especially in the Big Ten playing for Ohio State. But that's neither here nor there. But I thought he'd, he'd at least be average, but he wasn't ready to start. So, obviously, you saw so many growing pains and everybody's ready to throw him out the window because he made some errant passes and – had a couple interceptions, but I think the Redskins have a good shot at winning the winning the East. Next no, year, especially but... I, I feel like they have a lot of cap room, and they you know they also have high draft picks. 
They have room to build. They're, you know, it's a loaded wide receiver draft. They can get him some weapons. Um, and, you know, with a new regime coming in, you know, it's a new, new change. He's going to feel more confident. Ron Rivera is a good players coach. Look what Cam Newton did under him. Cam Newton played really well. And I think Haskins has, has great potential. He's got a great arm. He can make all the throws. And I could see them drafting one of the Alabama wide receivers, you know, in the top five. I think they have the number four pick, if I'm not mistaken. No, they have the number two pick. I actually got. I they got have the number two. two. Number if two. I, Chase Young. Shit. Chase Young might be coming back. Well, maybe. Chase Young's coming coming back to the district then, and you know they'll be reunited. And Hills, he'll give a he'll give a pass rush to that defense. You know that that really struggled. Yeah, I'm sorry if if you're if you're the Redskins, everyone's. This is probably a, a hot take for you, but I, I would I would trade that I would trade that pick. I don't think one defensive end. I, I'm sorry. I know he's a next level talent. I know he's like a Bosa like even better than him. But I don't know, man. I, I don't you trade that down. Don't you trade that to somebody that's really trying to get a quarterback and get you know maybe even two first round draft picks. Get like a you know get, uh, get I, I don't know maybe maybe trade with the Raiders, I don't get a twelve disagree. get a twelve and a nineteen. Are you kidding me? You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't take I a don't completely disagree with that. Two? I mean, or love to for a, a number two pick. I mean, are you kidding me? You know, ge- generally, I'd agree with you. You know, usually, you know, top five picks aren't, you know, they're not safe bets. Um, but I think Chase Young's once in a generation type player. I think he's better than the Bosa's. I think he, yes. I think he's, you know, he has the potential to be better than Khalil Mack. Um, he has the body for it. He has great, like, just the way he plays and instincts. Yeah, and coming from a, a great hand. Yeah, and coming too. from a you know a guy who played offensive line in college, the way he hand fights, his moves, he's quick off the ball. You know, he's a pain in the ass to block. And one, you know, just putting that one guy on your defense can you know cover up some other areas. You know, in your secondary where you might be where you might be lacking. So generally, I'd agree with you, Ross, that you know for a defensive end, I would trade down and you know try and build up my roster but at the same at the same time I think he's once in a generation. I if I had the number 1 pick I would take him. I don't know. I don't yeah. know man. Redskins defense wasn't the worst thing in the world this year. They got they got Kerrigan on the defensive line. They just traded for Landry um in the secondary in in the offseason. Um I don't know. They seem to always be able to produce good good linebackers. Uh who was that one guy that had all those tackles like three years back uh he was like a no name something brown wasn't it zach um, brown zach brown yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure they still have him don't they or he might have i'm not sure i'm not i'm really not sure not 100%. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, i don't sure. know they always seem to have a, like a relatively high linebacking quality. but ross i have a question for you going back going back to the head coach uh head coaching hires and mike mccarthy <laughs> do you think do you think that the cowboys uh reacted a little too early in the coaching market to hire somebody this quickly after firing Jason Garrett, because this is a pretty stacked uh, off season for coaches. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe they should explore their options a little more. Yeah, I, I, I would have. Again, I, I don't. Just, I don't necessarily agree with the hire of Mike McCarthy to, to the Cowboys. Um, back to what I said earlier, I, I, I would have gone with a Urban Meyer, somebody who's been there, done that, won that a little bit more. Um, I, I'm pretty sure. McCarthy's win record is only like 60% um, all time. And a lot of those are, are with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. I mean, come on, 60%. Like, you got to do yeah. better than that. You got to win more than that. He only has, what, one, two Super Bowls? Did he go to two, one, one? Um, yeah. yeah, one to two, yeah, one, one. I mean, come on. In my opinion, they, they, they complain about Jason Garrett wasting the prime of all those players on the Cowboys. 
And Mike McCarthy, I mean, when they he had the backlash right after he got fired, but but come on, I mean, you didn't waste the the prime of Aaron Rodgers. They were there, but you got to win a little bit more. I don't know. You can argue you can argue so, that Tom Brady was there, Peyton Manning was there, but you know how it goes. And greats get remembered for winning the big games. You got to win the big games. I mean, come on. Right, right. So two other coaches were hired just today, Tuesday, uh, January seventh. So Joe Judge. He was the Pats wide receiver coach and special teams coach was hired by the Giants. It's kind of an out there kind of hire, in my opinion, because especially, especially because uh, they hired a wide receiver. I mean, I know it's special teams coach and the Pats special teams is always like on par like that. That's how they win a lot of ugly games. Just great special teams plays. But the wide receivers coach for the Pats, the, that Pats wide receiving core, man, like, this year was just uh, brutal for the wide receiving core for the Pats. So, you know, that's kind of a questionable out there hire by the Giants. What do you think? You know, I don't necessarily think you judge him just based on this year and the performance of those wide receivers um, this year. You know, that's something. And granted, granted, uh, not to cut you off, um, they it was stressed upon that, like, uh, the Maras, the Mara family, who um, owns the Giants, um, and Belichick and Saban both um, coached under Parcells on the Giants, and um, Joe Judge coached with both Belichick, obviously just coming from the Patriots, but he also coached with Nick Saban at Alabama. So that's kind of uh, an interesting tidbit, and I feel like the Mara family likes uh, known faces. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. You know, if, if you're coaching with uh, Nick Saban in Alabama and then you get called – um, by Bill Belichick and take a, a job with, with the Patriots, you know that's coming with Nick Saban's endorsement. And, uh, you know, just because he's a special teams coach doesn't mean he's not qualified to coach. Um, you, you, yeah. you can look, John Harbaugh was a wide receiver – or was a special teams coach, excuse me. Um, still yeah. is. He pretty much just still coaches. Bill teams. Belichick was a special teams coach. And also, a lot of people don't know this, Urban Meyer ran his own special teams – at Florida okay. and Ohio State. So, you know, I think special team – I think, you know, while it's not glamorous, you know, it's not his side of the ball, um, you know, I think that it's it's impressive that he got the recommendation from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick to coach um, under both of them. So he comes from a great lineage of coaches. You know, they're always great. I question – you know, my biggest question for this is, uh, what do they do with Daniel Jones? Is he? Uh, who are they going to hire as offensive coordinator? Which I I've read reports that perhaps Jason Garrett could become the offensive yep, coordinator yep. there. I I was about to say that too. Yeah. So good luck. So I'm just really curious how they're going to develop Daniel Jones. You know, they used a high draft pick on him. They have Saquon Barkley. You know, they have some weapons. What are they going to do um, to develop Daniel Jones in year two? That's my biggest question. Need need receivers, big receiver draft. Go get go get a big big burly receiver. You got the you got the slot guys. You got Golden Tate. You got uh, that uh, the rookie Slayton. Yep. You got um, what Oklahoma guy from Oklahoma, Sterling Shepard. They have Evan, Shepherd, Evan Ingram at wide receiver and Evan. Sorry, or, tight, end, tight, sorry, tight end, tight end. But they don't they don't have anybody bigger than like six foot and a half. Like they need they need a six four big red zone uh, possession receiver maybe uh, to help them out because Evan Ingram doesn't give you that big physical body 
and maybe a, a couple other go the what the Ravens kind of did draft a couple of big tight ends that could help them in the blocking game and because the Ravens drafted three tight ends on one draft mm-hmm. last year's draft so like I don't know maybe something along those lines and, but Ross what do you feel what do you feel about this um the Joe Judge hire and how are they going to help out and how Joe Judge is going to bring in coaches to help out. So first things first, um, Ravens fans are absolutely here for it in terms of drafting three tight ends in one draft in the year 2019, 2020. Um, We we, we love that and uh, we're all about our front office making great decisions because Big trust. Um, so that being said, moving on. Big, um, big Joe, trust. Joe, flex. Big trust. Go judge. <laughs> judge. So you guys, okay. So you guys obviously did your research. So um, yeah, yeah. Just gonna get, kind of reiterate uh, some of some of the things that both you and Logan said. Um, look, dude's been there, done that. Thirty-eight years old. He was with uh, Bill Belichick for eight years, and then three with uh, Nick Saban. Three Super Bowls, two national championships. Dude knows how to win. Absolute animal was uh, a player at Mississippi State and was going to be hired there as the head coach, but then that um, position got filled. And so, yeah, dude, dude's been kind of the name that's been thrown around there for a few years, which uh, I, I'll be honest with you, prior to the other day, I didn't hear anything about him. Um, never knew who he was before, but obviously did. No, neither did I. Yeah, neither well, I, a... I mean, come on. How, how would you? I mean, how would you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I – um, I, not to interrupt, but I did see his name um, around from the Mississippi State job once they fired Joe Moorhead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you're, you're a Penn State fan. The OC yeah, from yeah. Penn State went to go ahead. Yeah, so, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, New England obviously had a, a pretty good regular season this year. Um, they were number one in starting field position, number one in opponent starting field position, had two block ponds, both of which went to uh, the house for tutties. Uh, so, you know, they had a pretty damn good year in terms of special teams. Uh, I think, you know, like you said, a bunch of coaches started off as special teams coach, uh, John Harbaugh, uh, Nick Saban, or sorry, not Nick Saban, Bill Belichick and, uh, Urban Meyer all did their own. So, you know, they, I think they make for good coaches and I think that it has a really good opportunity to make, uh, some noise in the NFC with that good of a, with that good of a, a roster. Are you kidding me? I mean, that, that roster is ridiculous in terms of offense. You got Evan Ingram, great tight end. You got some young talent out at wide. Saquon Barkley's an absolute animal. Got quads the size of tree trunks. I mean, uh, I mean, if you don't at least, like, look at them for a few seconds, you're, you're lying to yourself. So you, you definitely – you have pieces. You definitely have pieces. I think that defense needs a little help but because uh, they got rid of a lot of their big defensive pieces in the past two years. Snacks Harrison did the Lions. Yeah, I, I think you got Atlanta a Collins. Olivier Vernon. I think you got a draft defense. And Olivier I think Vernon. you got a draft defense. I think you got to work with what you got yeah. on offense. Maybe in the offseason, off season get a get a big ticket. I mean, they need to add. Because they, they got the same thing twice in, in – uh, actually, they got the same thing three times with Darius Slayton, uh, Golden Tate, and uh, – Sterling yeah. Shepard. They're all, Sterling they're, Shepherd. all three of them the same wide receiver. Trade one or two of them. The same yeah, wide receiver. Trade one or two of them. Get yourself, go same, get yourself yeah. a free agent. Free up some cap space. Like, I just yeah. – I, I don't know. I, I would I, – I think there's a lot of wiggle room with the Giants. I think they can make a splash in the NFC East. And as we know, as so, we know, nobody's won that division twice in a row for, what, like 20 years or something like that? Like, something crazy. For, since like 2006 or something like that. It's, ab- it's like absolutely that. insane. So – uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's fucking it's, crazy. It's anybody's game next year. It's anybody's. It's anybody's game next year. 
You know, and, and, right. and, I, and I know just to add one more thing before we move on to the playoffs. Um, but I just want to add, you know, it might not be sexy, but adding a couple pieces on the offensive line and free agency could do them well. I love it. I love um, it. As we know, everything starts up front. Adding, adding a couple pieces up front in front of Saquon. You know, nobody had more runs um, stopped in the backfield this year than Saquon Barkley. And once we all know once he gets going in the open field, he's special. And you, you have to find ways to get him the ball. Um, and and get get him some holes to run through. So obvious. And, uh, so obviously, uh, building up front, like we said, maybe drafting a tight end. Which this is a weak tight end draft, but maybe adding one in free agency and then building through an offensive line and having Saquon as the focal point. And then, like we said, draft uh, a good defense, a good young defense. Jeff Akuda from uh, Ohio State, a uh, really good cornerback. Um, he popped in the Clemson game. So I I think adding. Um, and building that offense around Saquon and then, you know, building a, a good young defense would be, would be great for them. So the, the last hire I wanted to talk about is uh, Matt Rule. Six years, $60 million to the Panthers, head coach. And Matt Rule had a pretty good uh, background at Baylor. He took over the, kind of the dumpster fire of the 1-11 team after Art Bryles got fired. He took over a 1-11 team. Or I, the 1-11 team was his team. But after Art Bryles got fired. The suspensions and all that. All the that suspensions, stuff. all that stuff. And then he turned it around to 7-6 and six in 2018. And then in 2019, he had a top 10 team at one point and on borderline, uh, if they won out, they would have made it to the top the, the college football playoff. College football playoff. Yeah, they're eleven and three. So um, Matt Rule, like young whiz kid guy, like not as young as Sean McVay kind of thing, but the kind of same uh, same realm. Uh, how do you feel about this hire and the the years and the price amount? Six years, sixty million. Oh, I mean, it's an ungodly amount of money for a pro football coach. You know, in co- in college, the guys make a lot of money. They're the head of the the face of the program. Um, in the NFL, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, he, he – I will say that he also did the same thing at Temple. Temple was a struggling program once Al Golden left, and Matt Rule took over and built them back up and took them to a conference championship as well. So, what year was that? What, when, uh, when was that? So Because I, I, I had no clue that that was the case. Uh, I want to say that was right after he went to Baylor. So he went to Baylor for three years. It's 2019, 2015, 2015. 2014, 2015, he was at Temple. Okay, okay. Um, and he he he's a program builder. He's a, he's you know a players coach. The players love to play for him. He's a defensive guy. Um, as you can see through his Baylor team this year, there's a lot of defense, running the ball. Um, yeah, best de- best defense in the Big Twelve. Like uh, they actually played some kind of, of like remblance of some kind of defense, whereas Big Twelve known for. Absolutely no fucking defense. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not much of an accomplishment to be the best defense in the Big 12, but still. <laughs> I mean, they held, they, held, they held a lot. They held a couple teams under, uh, like, 30 points. Yeah, no, no. They they were a really good defense this year, and they went to the Sugar Bowl. Um, but but I, I just think it's it's a crazy amount of money for somebody who has coached one year in the NFL. I think he was a, he was an assistant, right? He was a wide receivers coach or yes, offensive yes, line yes. coach for the Giants. Um, for one year, so he's kind of unproven. He doesn't 
you know, the meetings are going to work differently for them. Um, everything's going to be different. And I know the players really liked Ron Rivera. So I'm curious as to the quarterback situation, what they're going to do there. Um, it's, it's a mess. I mean, we, we all know Cam Newton struggles. Cam Newton's a, a sideshow. And I don't know if, if that's what Matt Rule wants to build around. Yeah. So quick, Low quick, now, Ross, I was gonna say, uh, let me interject here. So I was, I was just going to say before, uh, I was going to explain so, to you, but I was, uh, Ron Rivera, just them. I, I'll let you talk about Matt Rule and how they're, what, the, what he's going to do, what he's hoping to do, but why the fuck did they fire Ron Rivera? Like, I, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say. Like, I don't think anything was his fault. He's kind of got dealt a shit hand this year. And uh, was forced to play with a little bit of Kyle Allen. I don't know how he's going to do, like, in the coming future. Maybe draft a quarterback. But I don't know why they got rid of that guy. But, yes. Ross. Uh, so, I'm with you. I don't understand the firing of Ron Rivera whatsoever. It, it really doesn't make any sense to me. The guy was winning. I didn't think he was the issue. I think we were all a little surprised when we saw that news story come out. Um, but uh, in, in terms of Matt Rugan hired there, uh, hate it. Hate everything about it. Absolutely hate it. So, First things first, way too expensive. I mean, are you kidding me? You're paying a coach that much. That that's yeah. that's uh, agreed. Agreed. I think, agreed. I think Logan described it right. Ungodly. I mean, come on, you gotta be kidding me. Second, yeah. I don't know if there's an appreciating asset on that team. I mean, uh, maybe maybe their kicker because their kicking game was so bad before it. But you know, <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? But uh, but but you gotta be kidding me. I mean, quarterback situation, joke. Uh, offensive line getting old. Defense, you know, it seems that they've been good. Their, their defense is well, actually it was good. good. Their defense good. did have a good season. It was good when Ron Rivera was there, and then they gave up. Because and I, they might have they gave, gave up. up. They probably they gave, gave up. up. Yeah. yeah, which they, you know, again, because I think that was the wrong fire, and I don't blame them. It was the wrong fire, and the the locker room goes south on you. I mean, that that's you know that that's just that's just the reality of the situation. Um, but, you know, I'm looking at it. They got the seventh pick in the draft. That's pretty high up there. The only problem is, is you've got anywhere from four to six teams in front of you that need to get a quarterback. It's a loaded draft for quarterbacks. And I think Whoa. that's what they need. I mean, what, uh, Kyle Allen, Will Greer, Cam Newton. I mean, does one really does one really <laughs> sound better than the other? Not really. Does any of them sound like Super Bowl winning quarterbacks? Uh no, I mean, Cam Newton got you there one year, but that was a long time ago under a lot of different leadership, both uh, GM and, and coach at this point. So, you know, I, I don't think Carolina's necessarily set up for success. I would say it's more set up for failure. Uh, we'll see how the defense reacts this upcoming year. Like I said, they've been, I think, anywhere from like the top 10, top 12, maybe did pretty low to like maybe 15, but they've always been a top half of the league defense year in and year out under Ron Rivera. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I bet you they fall out of the uh, top 15 this year, though. Uh, I, I, uh, there you go. There's, there's my first hot take of the year or of the podcast. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Totally... Carolina Panthers. Overall defense, bottom 15, bottom bottom 16 of the league this year. And, and win, win total, I mean, that's a – like you said, we're also a gambling podcast. Oh, I'll take – That's a thing. I'll yes, sir. The, I'll yeah, take the under. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm – I, I don't know what that is yet, but when that in comes that out – yeah, In that division? I, I, I bet you I bet you it's going to be six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. I could see six and a half. I, seven and a half, maybe. No, I don't think you could oh, seven oh, and a half. It, 
it, it all depends on what people think the fucking Atlanta Falcons are going to do. You yeah. know what I mean? After that dumpster fire of a season. Then they turned it on at the end of the season. What the fuck was I that? I think they were but, hurt again, and they were salty about it. And then I think that they knew that their coach was about to be fired and said, screw that. We that was we the best four I'm wins. Telling you, I'm telling team. you, they're going to come out hot next year. That was the best four-win team in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Bet most talent on a four-win team, like, in a while. But, so... Moving on, initial playoff reactions. This weekend was absolutely fucking bonkers. Electric. In the playoffs. An electric fucking Ab- weekend of football. Dude, dude, there's been, I don't know, four playoff games that before this weekend that ever went to overtime in the Super Bowl era or something like that. Uh, I, I could be wrong on that stat, but I thought I heard some kind of crazy OT stat, and two of them went to overtime this weekend. were crazy. And... And thank God the NFL gave ESPN and the worst, the worst broadcasting crew only because Booger McFarlane is absolutely awful. Terrible. Get him Joe off the Tess air. Tor, I kind of, I like, I like Joe Tess. Tess, Tess, Tess is, is good. Fine. Joe Tess, Tess is, is good. Fine. I don't miss Witten. He is so I do not bad. miss Witten. But no. yeah, Witten, Witten, yeah, Witten, Witten wasn't great. He just, didn't really talk very well. Let's get more but, Michaels in our lives, please. Yes. Dude, seriously, but, I'll take Chris Collins worth over a fucking Booger any day. Booger is yes, awful. 100%. Oh, Booger. He's just, I, dude, I he's the, just I miserable take, to listen to, you the, know? It sounds like he's drunk, but he's just, you know, he just has right, no I would clue take Joe, I would take did you Joe see the Did you see the, the video of him saying on third down he'd run a draw play and then get up and spike it real quick at the end of the game? Yeah, dude. He's calling. He's calling for spikes on fourth down. He's calling for spikes on fourth down. He's calling for screens and draws on like third and long, like in a in a game winning. You on need a game winning the first draw, down. Off, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not like a draw where you're just like, all right, we're accepting, we're going to punt it, but we're just gonna try to get into like better field position to punt it. Like it's not one of those. It's you need. It's like less than seven seconds, seven minutes left in the game in the fourth quarter. You need some points, bro. But. All right, so, first so after the podcast, the Bills, Bills versus after Texans. After the podcast, but, um, Nick Canary will be tweeting and starting the hashtag FireBooger. Um, everybody, yes. please feel free to sign on to that Twitter yes, hashtag petition. We appreciate your support moving forward. We retweet it, know, quote it. Retweet, retweet uh, like, send it to your friends, DM it. Um, please, he's awful and we need new announcers thank you you know pay, pay tony romo 10 million dollars to come do that show man yeah like, like i don't understand why espn didn't give tony romo a boatload of cash because like fox wasn't going to because obviously of troy aikman you can't have two cowboys quarterbacks and obviously tony romo would love to do the cowboys games and then that just would have but up like Red Zone's subscription like a dollar more every year, and I'll pay the extra dollar if everybody's contributing that dollar to then fly Tony Romo from one game to the next. Like, just just make it happen. Just make it happen. <laughs> like, just make it happen. It's just Let's make it, it happen. It's it's. If you told us the reason why our subscription was getting increased, we wouldn't complain. You just gotta let us nope. know. Nope. Like, come on. Ugh. So the first game of uh, Wild Card Weekend was Bills at Texans, which was a wild game. I think Stove and I watched the game together. We both bet the game. We both, uh, you had the over, I had the under. 
did you have Bills? Still? I had I had Bills plus two and a half and a heartbreaker. I had plus two and a half as as well. Heartbreaker. I think what we learned from this game is I fucking love Josh Allen. Just because how he plays, it is so funny how this tall, lengthy white guy can run the ball and he just runs it hard and doesn't give a fuck. And then also, fucking Deshaun Watson is a wizard. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Wizard. He's, if you didn't believe him before, he's the MJ of the generation with this sport. Dude is an animal. He's a wizard. Never understood why he ever dropped in the draft. You saw him play Alabama twice and absolutely demolished them both times. Never lost composure. Biggest games of his career. I mean, are you kidding me? What, what, what? Logan, sorry. We're not going to harp on it. But number two in the draft. Don't show me the graphic. Don't show me the graphic. I don't want to hear Trubisky, it. I don't want to. I mean, come yeah, on. Don't, ah. don't give me it. I know. I know. It'll be the, forever the head scratcher of anybody anywhere. He is He's an animal. He is. He is the closest thing to Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Like, look, look what he and did on that last Lamar's drive where they needed, where that last drive where they needed a touchdown. He he was literally sacked in the backfield. The guy had him, and then another another defender came over to well, rock him. The defenders kind of like hit each other in between them, and he like squirts out of that sandwich and somehow. I don't stays know who up. I said it to. Maybe it was maybe it was you, Nick, but. He's done that before. Like he's he's done the same thing before. Oh, no. where he, he just has kind of done that before. That's like the guys hit him, and he just kind of goes with the momentum and tries to keep his feet going. I'm telling you, he's done that before. I, I I maybe it wasn't like the exact same thing, but I swear he's had a similar play to that, if not once, twice. Uh, honestly, in my like, I didn't really find the Texans, and I think the Texans get rocked. The Texans season. stink. The Texans, yes. The Texans are the, the worst Bills, good team the Bills, in the history of the NFL. They're going to the Chiefs, the right? The Bills, yep. Yes, yes. The Bills coaching staff lost in that game. Granted, they opened up the game beautifully because they know they can play defense. They're going to try to run the ball very well, but they messed up when they started giving Frank Gore and Devin Singletary split carries exactly even. They both had twelve at like I don't know halftime. One's averaging like five and a half yards a carry. One's averaging two yards a carry. Old ass Frank Gore's averaging two yards a carry, and they're still giving him the same amount of carries. Like, should have abandoned that. And did you guys also notice at the very end of the game, they decided to go for it that fourth down, kind of around midfield, with three timeouts. It was about three minutes left, maybe just under three minutes. So you got a two minute warning too, and they decided to go for it. Instead of punting it, like because it's out of field goal range for old ass Stephen Hauschka, it would have been like a fifty. That was an over. I thought goal. that was an overtime. Uh no, that wasn't overtime. You are right. You're you are right. But still, Logan, that's a bad. That's that's bad coaching. There, would you not agree? Like, would you have went for it there on that fourth and I don't know, it was fourth and twelve because he got sacked the the play prior. No, no, I, I, w- I would have definitely punted it. Um, but, at, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I don't discredit Sean McDermott for going for it. The, the underdog, um, you know, when was the last time the Bills won a playoff game? Um, 99? So, so, yeah. Not in the 2000s. Yeah, I think, no, I think so, it was so, 99. But got, I, so, 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 
so since we've been alive, you know, they've won one playoff game. Um, so, so I don't hate it for the, I don't hate him for that. And, and punting, giving Deshaun Watson the ball, who knows if they would have got it back, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So, so I don't hate going for it there. Um, but just overall, I'm very impressed with the bills. I love watching the bills. Their fan base is awesome. Bills mafia is freaking awesome. You know, we know jumping. Th- Did you guys hear that? Uh, they bought, they went to a Walmart in Houston, like the Walmart in Houston sold out of, uh, by folding tables. That's awesome. The, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Someone, someone bought all the, bo- yeah. Someone bought all the tables. I did hear that. To go through. That's, That's fucking awesome. sick. I've been to a bills game before, kind of before the bills mafia started. That was kind of actually, uh, that was an experience. <laughs> I, there's, I, it's, it's a stadium in the middle of like nowhere. It, if there would be cornfields up in northern New York, that would would have been a cornfield, but it wasn't. It was just land, just a stadium in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's actually really kind of fucking funny. But all right, so the next game: Titans versus Patriots. The big upset. How crazy is this? I actually took the Titans five and a half, and then I lied bet them after after I saw after the first drive. The Patriots couldn't stop Derrick Henry, and he's slicing through them. I live bet them plus like two oh five. But Ross, did you watch this game, and how did you react just watching this? Whole so game? I was working during this, unfortunately, but thank God we have a bar inside, so I was going by quite frequently checking the TVs. Um, isn't it a beautiful, beautiful day when you can wake up and know that the Patriots are not a threat to win the Super Bowl? I mean, it's just like it hasn't happened this early in a long time. Um, it's just uh, once they lost that home field advantage and that bye, thank God for the Miami Dolphins. And once you knew they were lining up against Titans and that He-Man of a child of a man of a running back, otherwise known as Derrick Henry. Good Tractor Cito. Good God, there's Tractor Cito. Good God, there is no amount of money on planet Earth that you could put into my 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 po- my hand, my pocket, my bank account. No amount of money to to say throw on a helmet, throw on a pair of shoulder pads, line up, and go tackle him. One because I couldn't, because I mean six four. 250 or whatever the hell he is runs a 4-4. Um yeah, that's a man child. But but back back to back to the to the real part of the spiel. Um Pats no longer in it. Love it. Brady done at the Pats. I think so. Belichick done at the Pats? Ooh, good question. I think so. Hot take. I think so. Belichick out of there. Gone. Where he ends up, I don't know. I haven't given it enough thought yet. But I think it's going to come to a crashing, crashing halt. Really? Yes. Oh yeah. I don't know, I man. I... Say it. I didn't get to say it, but I think I, back at the last game, I, 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 I think the Bills moving forward for the next, I don't know, three or four, maybe even five years, I think is your consistent year in year out winner of the AFC North or yeah, the AFC East. AFC East. No, man. I listen. I. Pundits do it all the time. People do it all the time. The Patriots are dead. The Patriots are dead. The dynasty's over. They lost, you know. Let's not forget they won back to back Super Bowls. Let's not let's not let's not forget. I think Brady's gone. You know Honestly before before we start getting into this little uh conversation, I 
going back to the actual game itself, the Titans versus Pats game, I fucking love Mike Vrabel and that offense, to be honest. Like, I just, I'm a Cowboys fan. Cowboys, like, they've had a great offensive line a couple years. The Titans O-line is my favorite O-line just because, like, Taylor Lewan is the meanest-looking dude ever. Like, this guy just looks like he just wants to eat someone. Like, that O-line gained three yards before Derrick Henry got touched. There's no stopping this big 6'3", 245", 4'4", speed running monster. Nobody wants to tackle this guy. People make business decisions about their bodies in January in the playoffs. They look at this guy like, fuck, I need to stop this guy. Like, I just think that's I think You know, I think uh, the game next week against the Ravens is going to be a bloodbath. I think that's going to be the most physical football game you watch all year. Oh, yeah. My, mm-hmm. my biggest problem with the Titans is Ryan Tannehill is going to have to make throws at some point. Oh, yeah. And he can't. He, he, he can't do it. He can't. He sucks. <laughs> he can't do it. That's why I love watching the Titans because you see Derrick Henry and then Taney Hill. <laughs> can't do Fucking it. Fucking Ryan Taney didn't, Hill. Um, didn't Derrick Henry have, like, all 75 yards of their last drive for one of the drives, whether it was, like, regulation or the overtime? I can't remember. But... Dude, he, he, made, he, he accounted for, like, 62% of their total yards that game. That's disgusting. 62%. And the crazy thing is, nobody in everyone's mind, you didn't want to feel like the Patriots actually, like, really lost that game until the very end, until Tom Brady threw that pick six. There's 15 seconds left, and something deep down inside of you is like, Tom Brady's going to do this. He just always does. But, like, since it's, like, still a one-score game throughout the whole entire game, like, you just think the whole time, like, oh, the Patriots are just going to pull something out. There's just going to be a block punt. There's going to be something this. There's going to be that. And it just – I feel like even the Patriots themselves, I feel like they're just waiting for it to happen, and it just didn't. So, like, that's kind of how I that's feel because, like that's because that, Brett that legacy is, is going to leave that's off. That's because Brett Kern is an absolute man among boys. Nasty punter. Nasty punter. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah, he, disgusting. He he dropped Dude, a couple. That he dropped like two sixty-yard bombs. Absolutely disgusting. Downed it on like the half centimeter line. Are you kidding me? I yeah. <sighs> yeah. That that was ridiculous. But back to are the Pats as a dynasty? A dynasty done? Are they done? That you heard me. I, I did. Stove, did you get your uh, say your piece? No, on you know, pundits just question the Patriots all the time. They're done this. They're done that. Tom Brady's done. Bill Belichick's done. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. I just I can't. Re- so how yeah, much they, money is New England paying Brady next year? I mean, I'd pay him as much as as much as necessary. And I know he says he's not going to take a home discount. I think he does, man. His wife makes more money than he does. Money's not the issue. No, I don't think it is either, but I think it's a principal thing. I, th- I think it is, but I also think if they promise him to surround him with better weapons, he should take he, he should take the money there, continue to win. They have the best defense in the league, I think. But you know, what if the, what if what if Josh McDaniels is leaving? See, that's that's what I was going to say. There's only one job open. There's only one, the Browns job, and he's not taking that. Nobody wants the Browns job. That's that, like, that's all I was going to say. I was going to say it all depends if 
McDaniels is leaving, and it all depends. What like, if the I, Browns took I him would... and took Brady with them? I don't. Nah. He, that's a dumpster fire of an organization. That, but, that but, would be but, the but, but think about it just for a second. Nasty run game. Nasty weapons out wide. What if Cleveland knew uh, Dorsey's gone? Freddie Kitchens is gone. What if they brought in they Josh w- McDaniels? Tom Brady surrounding him with Jarvis I mean, Landry, OBJ. They, they crazy, crazy hypothetical, but that team just they, a little bit. They would no. They would need to draft every single draft pick as an O lineman. If that yeah, was the dude. case, I would draft every because like their O line isn't that good. No, like, it's they bad. got rid of their best. It's like not good. It's, yeah, it's not not isn't that good. It's just bad. Like it's. It's not the worst in the league. The Bengals are by far the worst in the league. And two days ago, they fucking re-signed one of their fucking linemen. That blew my yeah. mind. I don't even know who it was. I just I just saw it said they re-signed a lineman. And I, that see, I don't think I, I don't necessarily think that you can just become a good lineman overnight. But I think with Brady back behind there, running quarterback and calling the coverages out, calling the line play out, covering. The, the blocking schemes out. He's got the elite wide receivers that you know he likes to play with. Granted, granted, they're a little bit of head cases, but I don't think he minds that as much as the coaching staff in New England did. So, uh, you know, hey, he plays with elite wide receivers. He's got, like I said, an unbelievable running back in the job. I think we can all agree. That dude is an absolute beast. I mean, he is a downhill runner that will make you miss or run you over in your shoes. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I like I like Nick Chubb, but this this hypothetical is yeah. It's 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 a, this, hypo- the, it's a long shot hypothetical. Long it's shot a, doesn't even describe what type of description this is. There's no fucking chance on God's green earth that that fucking so, happens. So let me ask you. Let me ask you. Is there a better chance that Brady stays in New England next year, or he retires? I think I don't think he's going to retire. I think I think he stays in New England. I truly do think, you know, there's a better chance that he stays in New England than he, than he retires. Yes. And you, you know, you can say you want more money. He can say that you know he needs this and this and that. When it comes down to it, he knows where his bread's buttered. He knows Belichick's going to win in the division. He knows he has a chance at the bye. He knows he has a chance at the Super Bowl with that defense. There's no way. There's no way he would leave. For a dumpster fire organization like the Browns. What if the offense? What if? Yeah. The I mean, they're gonna have to improve at some point, right? The, you through the draft. That what do they need on defense? They really don't need much. Um, D line. They need. A, they need a run stopper. They haven't had a run stopper like uh, since Vince Wilfork. Yeah. To be honest, like a big a big guy in the middle, D, like a, a like a three technique. I mean, they played the three four, so it knows. But I, you know, I, I mean, those are those are things that you know Bill Belichick finds in free agency or finds. No, yeah, he's he he's a he's a master at finding like uh, underappreciated players. He he gets the most value out of his players than any other coach. But um, on to the next game: Vikings at Saints. Maybe. The it, I wouldn't say the biggest surprise, but the second biggest surprise of the playoffs, uh, in in my opinion. Well, I thought just because mm, ooh, that's no biggest one. surprise, big biggest surprise in my I opinion. Think, yeah, I would argue that that's the biggest surprise. Pats would beat us. You you, you don't you don't 
You don't think the Titans beating the Pats is was no? A big I thought surprise. it was, a big was the biggest, not as big as the Vikings winning primetime. No, Kirk Cousins, really? Primetime Kirk Cousins was gonna like, you know, soil himself. I mean, I but again with the Titans and the Vikings, the uh, the beginning to their recipe to beating those big powerhouse teams or to get the run game going, like that was their recipe. You know what I mean? Like Dalvin Cook had. I don't know, 88 yards in the first. Like, I think the Vikings had 100 yeah, yards total. He definitely had over 100. Around, or if it wasn't 100, like yeah. Or something. Yeah, it was, it was pretty damn close. In the, I mean, granted, the Saints did kind of shut it down in the second half a little bit. But just establishing that run and anytime Dalvin Cook was in in the second half, that really, like, killed that Saints D. And that Saints D never stepped mm. up. Like, everyone talked about throughout the year, like, oh, the Saints D is, like, they're pretty good. They're good. They're good. They kind of reverted back to like I don't know their 2015 kind of Saints D that like was just butt cheeks. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't see Cam Jordan do anything during the game. Um, you know that the, they gave up 20 points during regulation. It's not like that. It's you know no. It's not yeah, like they gave right, up a 50 right. burger. They, they but it but it's also the playoffs. So like I don't think any team's gonna give up a fifty burger in the playoffs. That often, I think the Texans might next week to the Chiefs. Uh, honestly, <laughs> they might. Yeah, they might. The the the, the Chiefs might be playing against the time clock. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, Ross, what what do you feel? Did you watch? Yeah, this game? yeah. So uh, again, it? I got to watch a little bit more of this one. I was at work for this one as well. Um, I got to watch a little bit more of this one because we were sitting slow that day. Uh, so, you know, box score, damn near similar. Uh, I thought the game was pretty back and forth, pretty even the whole way. Real costly, real timely, costly, uh, mistake by Drew Brees with that fumble at the end there with the recovery by Minnesota, I thought. Uh, and then, and then I don't, you know, is this the emergence of Kirk Cousins now, you know, no longer being a little bitch in in prime time? Uh, don't, don't cry to me about offense or pass interference, uh, Saints. I- I'm sorry. You know this happens to you every year. Just because it happens three years in a row, you know, stupid shit. Don't don't come crying to me. I don't want to hear it. I really don't want to hear it. Uh, I don't know. I just I thought Minnesota looked like the better team in crunch time and prime time. And to go into that stadium and that environment and you know yeah. not you know maybe maybe bend but not break. And then in the end, clutch it out. Uh, that says a lot about the team. They're a gritty team. I think they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. I think they're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs. Their their roster, their roster is stacked. Like honestly, their defense and their D line, Everson Griffin and uh, Daniel Hunter, uh, Daniel Hunter had great and I think games. You got, and, and honestly, I think you got to mention that coaching staff. That coaching staff with Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's a great coach. He's a great coach. Defensive but, coach. I mean, I I'm with you. I love, I love, love, love the roster. And, and and you mentioned it earlier. If they get Dalvin Cook going, good luck. As tough a team to beat and, as anybody uh, in the NFL. If they get going with that, you get the play action game with Kirk Cousins, where he's comfortable in the pocket, moving around. He's not a running quarterback, but he's athletic enough to move in the pocket. When he gets those feet moving, set and throws, man, he's an accurate downfield thrower. They're dangerous. Great wide receivers. They have, they have two two really good receivers, a good tight end. Um, they're they're a good football. They're a good they're, solid football team. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna impress anybody. You know they're they're not flashy. They're not gonna blow people out. Well, who do you they double, play? You can't double cover anybody. 
No. No. No, because you you have th- you have three pass catchers that can do. And something. I'd argue, and I'd argue you, four with with Dalvin Cook. I mean the. The yeah, dude yeah. Had, the yeah, dude had yeah. three receptions for thirty-six yards and, last night, last game. I mean, and their backfield's pretty stacked. Like, even if Dalvin Cook takes a breather, like I don't know, I I kind of trust Alexander Madison to get to maybe get like give me four yards on a given carry. Well, sometimes, minus, like minus Kirk what? Cousins, they had six people run the ball. Even if it was just one carry, they had six people run the ball last game. Yeah, like they they're oh. deep, and their defense is very good. Honestly, in my opinion, what kind of contributed to the Saints loss is one the the I, we both we all talked about it that that D-line for the Vikings getting pressure on Drew Brees but also when the pocket was kind of clean maybe ha- like partially clean whatever Drew Brees could still get a pass off just Drew Brees's inability to make plays downfield or just to make plays like you have you go you have Michael Thomas who's not going to take the top off of a defense he doesn't have that kind of top end speed he plays in the slot he has great hands but there's just no big plays out of the Saints I think there was one to uh their punt returner um number 11 but other than that like that and, and Taysom Hill through that pass and and exactly and t- every single down Taysom Hill was in they had a pretty explosive play I don't know like it's beyond me to say this, but maybe they would have had a better chance if they just kept on giving the ball to Taysom Hill or let him do things. Taysom Hill had the best. Yeah, you're right. Taysom Hill had the best throw of the game on the Saints. Like it was, it was ridiculous. So that's going to be something for Sean Payton and the the Saints to look at. But um, just the decline of these uh, quarterbacks, meet like uh, Brady and Breeze and Roethlisberger when he comes back, but. Um, that's always something to look at. But Nick, let's, um, get, Nick, let's so, get to the Seahawks and uh, Eagles game because there's uh, not only a game to talk about, but a little controversy. A little controversy. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to? No, leave? no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just trying to All right. move us See, along here. Seahawks. So this uh, Seahawks Eagles game at in Philadelphia, the the shitty NFC least actually. Uh, in my opinion, I think the Rams should have fucking been in. If there could be some loophole that the NFC East doesn't have to put forward a uh, playoff team, that I don't know. That should have been the case. Just because I just, in my opinion, I think they all suck. But um, the highlight of this game is pretty much, or the big the big name topic is when does did Clowney have a legal cheap hit on Wentz, and did that actually cause the Seahawks to beat the Eagles? I don't know. Uh, Ross, what do you think? Uh, so, uh, you know, illegal hit. I'm not going to say it was a clean hit. Um, I, you know, I, exactly. Look, look, yeah. look, I understand. I understand wanting to hit the quarterback. Um, it's kind of the name of the game. It's kind of the nature of the beast, especially when they start running, especially when they start running. Um, right. And so, you know, I understand that. But at this point in time, you know, for how badly it can affect your team in terms of a penalty – for the devastating results we see in some of the injuries that we've had both this year and last. I mean, I think this year there was like an absolute plague at the beginning of the year with the quarterback injuries. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. There's no way to really establish any kind of rule of like making them slide or I don't know. It's, it's extremely difficult. And this is coming from somebody whose quarterback runs a lot and being a Ravens fan. Um, 
it's 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 tough to it's tough to officiate especially in real time i the slowed down version of it i think is always a poor way to look at it it's always gonna always be like to it's always gonna I never look, understood that stop stop doing it in slow motion do it in real speed and tell me if you would throw a flag on that and here's a moment in a game like that um i i don't know i you know it's tough to throw a dude out especially in the nfl but um, you hate to see it, especially that early in the game. And for the Eagles, it was just salt in the wounds, man. Those guys were, were hurt and beat up all year. Only person that seemed to be able to stay healthy was Carson Wentz. And then the biggest game after, you know, four weeks to just make an absolute magic happen to win, as you called it, the NFC least. Uh, he goes down and out for the game after, you know, four passing attempts. It's just absolutely brutal to see. You hate to see it. Um, would have loved to have seen him staying in the game and, and try to try to you know take his team to to uh, to win because honestly the Seahawks yeah they won the game but I, I you know they're be they were pretty beat they're also beat up uh, Seahawks Russell Wilson's absolute magic love that dude absolutely a, a home run to watch play uh, throws the best freaking deep ball in the league not even debatable dude throws an absolute dart down the field um, but but. Seattle, I, I, I thought, was a very beatable team last week. And with Carson Wentz in the game, I think that's an absolute coin flip of the game. I think that's – Yeah, I was, I was – that's, that's what I'm leaning to here. Sorry for cutting you off. No, that's you're what, good. I'm talking that's, – That's what I'm leaning to here. I have two questions. One, if you're the referee, would you have thrown the flag? Both of you. This is for both no. of you. No. I, w- I wouldn't have too close of a call. And even if you did throw a flag – People are calling for like an ejection in the NFL. That's not an ejection. That's just a flag in the in college football. That's an ejection and a targeting penalty. That's a 15 yard uh, personal foul and an ejection. NFL. That's not an ejection because a lot of people are calling to crucify this guy and for an ejection in the middle of the game. <laughs> but it wouldn't have been so like it would have just been 15. I, I so thrown, I would have thrown the flag. I wouldn't have ejected him. But I definitely would have thrown the flag. No, um, yeah, I, I I agree with that. Kind of back to my point. I, I if the guy's going down, if he's already damn near on the ground sliding, like dude, just lay off. Like I, I get trying to hit the quarterback, but just just lay off. Like I, I just they know it with the sack rule now. I just I don't get it. I don't know. So quick quick question with uh, the laying off and whatnot. Does and I might not – I don't know this 100%, but does giving yourself up constitute sliding foot first or head first? Like, what is there a yeah, difference between big difference. If you go head first, you're not giving yourself up. Which he, which he was. Because he, he did go head first. So that's, like, my big thing. Like, what – and I, I feel like I hear this all the time, but a lot of people say quarterbacks should take, like, like a day at spring training or a week at spring training with baseball players and just – practice sliding because that's like a big that's a big issue to stay healthy exactly so like sliding foot feet first and head first is huge but i mean he's he's i mean he's diving to gain as many yards as possible to to for someone to say you know it's a dirty hit or he should be ejected you know he's playing the game the same way it's the it's it's the playoffs he's playing with instinct you know it's his instinct to stop the guy with the ball see my my, my, he's not thinking it's a quarterback he's thinking that's the guy with the ball my argument with it was it was like he wasn't taking him like head on it was from behind and i'm not gonna say that he tried it but you know the helmet the head the crown kind of comes down and then he hits him from behind with it and smacks his head into the turf. Like 
if if he saw that coming, I don't think that he gets a concussion there. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe he's no, like, maybe no, he's yeah, no, no, no. You know, you know. Honestly, I think he was trying to late like. The way he hit him, it looks like he's trying to not land on him with all his body weight, which is a penalty. So I think he was actually trying to abide by the rule and not, you know, totally dive on him with all his weight because he went in, you know, head, shoulder first, but it was only like half of his body. It wasn't the mm-hmm. the whole the whole body. But my other but my but, other question that I had for you guys was if you know if that play doesn't happen, if Carson Wentz stays in the game, do you still think the Eagles win? And I was going to ask y'all the same fucking question, and I could go off on this. Because, one, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm not, like, a huge Eagles as a team hater. I just sometimes don't like when I think some people aren't thinking realistically about something. Because I don't think the Eagles would have won. because, And it wouldn't be because Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz would have just had the inability to make plays. Because that Seahawks defense is still pretty solid. And but honestly, <laughs> the um what was I gonna say? I just don't think that Eagles defense could have stopped Russell Wilson throwing the ball. Like you saw how like those guys weren't injured. And granted, the Eagles back the Eagles defensive backfield has been beat up throughout the year. But it's not like this game they were playing with somebody they haven't played with for six games. They actually had people back. Like three games ago, they got Avante Maddox back, or a couple games ago. Then they got uh, the, Ronald Darby's pretty much injured the whole year. So they're pretty much used to not playing with that guy. And then Rasul Douglas was back. And then so was uh, Mills. He was back. So, like, they that defensive backfield pretty much has no excuse to let DK Metcalf get behind them on every almost every single deep pass which is ridiculous to watch doesn't that do look like a less skilled less like um agile des bryant he's a freak he looks like a freak he's bigger bigger gigantic just bigger so physical my my brother said that he always comes to like the office one of the floors that in his office building and um he said he got to meet him and and like Dude is just an absolute unit of a human being. Yeah, man. I mean, like those, he's, like, like the pictures don't do it justice. No, 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 no. I'm, no. They never do, honestly. Um, but, but building off that, I mean, even just his draft stock. Like, I was one of the guys. You know, I said, don't draft him. He's not agile enough. Same. He can't, no, you know, same. I, he's not a good receiver. Didn't have the full route no, tree. he's not a good receiver. And the Seahawks have made, and Russell Wilson specifically have made him into a, you know, a deep threat and a, and a good receiver, not just throwing, you know, deep balls, which they obviously do really well, but inter- intermediate skills. throws and catching the ball and, you know, working the route tree. You know, I think he's, I think he's improved a lot. Um, so uh, that's, you know, one of those where, where I was wrong um, with grading DK Metcalf coming out of, coming out of college. I I was also very wrong just because I like I said he was a like one trick pony kind of receiver like he could run a nine ball and he can run a deep post but that's about it he doesn't have a complete route tree but damn like but that's where coaching makes a huge difference just your just, and being in a good organization like that organization is an awesome organization to be in you have a great uh, quarterback who's pretty much. Who's like one of the more non-judgmental quarterbacks that always want to work with you? Kind of like I, I don't really think sometimes Ben Roethlisberger always wants to work. He's kind of difficult sometimes. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers, he's kind of difficult sometimes. But 
Russell Wilson's always like that guy that always wants to work with you, in my opinion. But um, Ross, what do you feel about this? Sorry, my bad. I was looking at these college basketball lines. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of missed a little bit of what you just said. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. We we're just talking about DK Metcalf and how he was like a huge impact on the game, and we don't think we didn't really think that. That even with Carson Wentz, or I thought, uh, Lo- Logan, we were talking about like how uh, DK Metcalf would just how he developed throughout the season. Oh, I thought, yeah. Oh, but, I thought he's gotten better week to week, um, being a little bit more reliable in, in that in that intermediate uh, route. Um, but but no, I, I thought he was a great pickup. I think he was probably was he a first rounder? Or was he? He was, was not. Say, what was he like? He was a second, second rounder. rounder. I was gonna say I know he was up there, um, pretty high up. Uh, I don't know. I mean, for for the type of receiver that he is, I'm not gonna say that he was some like monster superstar, but uh, I, I think he was drafted probably right around where he should have been. And uh, yeah, I, I I think most receivers work with with Russell Wilson. So uh, you, I think it's pretty high, you know, low risk, high reward whenever you draft a receiver that high up in the draft uh, for an organization like Seattle. So, yeah, I, I, I love their pick there. Um, I, I heard he's a pretty good guy, hard worker. Uh, so, yeah, if anybody's doing if yeah. anybody's doing what he's doing with Russell Wilson and you guys are making a playoff run this deep and you're looking the way that you did, you know, throughout the year and lost as many people as you did that late in the season. I mean, heck, they lost two running backs and a, and a left tackle all in the same week. Week, what, week 16 uh, of, of the This is Nick Kinnear here from Nonsense with the Goonies, and I am back from our last episode, our episode two of our podcast, Nonsense with the Goonies, uh, just checking back in with uh, my college basketball Super Tuesday picks, because something some of y'all don't know about me, I am a huge college basketball fan, I'm a UNC college basketball fan, UNC kind of sucks this year, I kind of Figured they were going to be, even with Cole Anthony, so that kind of stinks. But this year is a great year for college basketball because college basketball is a game where they play with so much emotion, so much heart, and so much hustle compared to the NBA, which I do love the NBA, but it's just a different game because at that point, those athletes mastered the game, whereas these guys have not. And this year, there is so much parity in the sport of college basketball. The number one seed gets unseated left and right. Top ten seeds getting upset left and right. There's no definitive best team in college basketball. And that's what's great about college basketball. Everyone plays each other. And in college football, a lot of t- just because you have to play so many people in your conferences and you only can play once a week, that you don't get to see that kind of uh, parity. And um, so, without further ado, the matchups I'm going to be talking about for our Super Tuesday matchups are Villanova at Creighton, Ohio State University at Maryland, Miami at Louisville, Virginia at Boston College, Penn State at Rutgers, Virginia Tech at Syracuse, Baylor at Texas Tech, and University of Kentucky at Georgia. First, I'll start with Nova at Creighton. 
the line is at minus two Creighton. I will take Creighton minus two. And the reason is because I just feel like, and this is me, like I, I could pull out a lot of stats for you. I, I, I stat search a lot when I make my actual bets and this is, will be a bet I'm actually taking tonight. And uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but in my opinion, I just feel like Villanova is kind of an overrated, um, inflated team this year. And that line is just kind of inflated. At Creighton, minus two, Nova played two nights ago uh, at Marquette and lost to Marquette. And when they get in division, like in the Big East, when they play in the Big East, they just play each other a lot tougher. And I don't feel like Nova has the talent. I'm not discounting the program at all. Don't get me wrong. Great program. Jay Wright is a great coach. One of the best coaches in college basketball. One of the best coaches that ever coached college basketball. I'd put He's definitely in the top 15 to 20 best coaches to ever coach college basketball. Jay Wright is a legend. But Jay Wright also likes to develop his players. Their team is extremely young. Their team is not big, and their team is very streaky shooting. And what Villanova always is typically good at when they are a powerhouse, they're good at playing defense, gritty defense with smaller players, not by out outsizing other teams. And they're also good at uh, they're also good at shooting threes. And so when you can't shoot threes or play gritty defense, what do you have? So. That's why I take Creighton minus two at home. Then we get to OSU Maryland. I'm taking Maryland minus two and a half. OSU plays slow. Maryland can shoot the rock. OSU plays great D. Uh, Maryland doesn't play the best D, but OSU plays slow. So if you have a slow team against a defense, like I don't think uh, Ohio State can keep up with Maryland, to be honest. I think... I think Anthony Cowan has a great night shooting from beyond the arc. I think he hits at least three threes. Um, and Maryland wins by three points. Then we have Miami at Louisville. Miami plus 13 and a half. I think that's a shit ton of points to give out. Because Louisville's on a... I mean, granted, Louisville's off of a loss. And they're going to be eager and hungry to get a win. But I'm taking Miami here. Uh, Virginia at Boston College. I think Boston College plus eight and a half. Granted, Boston College isn't the best basketball school, isn't the best basketball team, but eight and a half is a lot, a lot, a lot of points against Virginia, the slowest playing offense in college basketball. And if they don't make that shot after taking 30 seconds on that shot clock, then they're kind of screwed. So that's, and so Boston College gets any points out of transition. Eight and a half, plus eight and a half at home looks pretty nice. And then next game, we got Penn State at Rutgers. I'm going to take Rutgers plus one and a half. Rutgers is a very underrated team this year. Penn State is getting to be a very overrated team. Penn State, granted, they are playing very well this year. Nothing should be taken away from them playing this well. But turning into a very overrated team. They they beat an Iowa team, an Iowa team that hasn't really beat too many people. Iowa has a win over Wisconsin, and that's about it. And I was pretty, I was okay. But it's not a powerhouse team, and Rutgers at home, Penn State away. 
We'll see how that turns out, Bob, taking Rutgers and the points plus one and a half. Then we got Virginia Tech at Syracuse. Virginia Tech plus four and a half. I am taking Virginia Tech. Love Virginia Tech plus four and a half. Virginia Tech after Buzz Williams left. Virginia Tech this year is playing with some inspiration, in my opinion. And I think Syracuse is not have too much talent. They don't have too much talent on that team. You got Dolajai on that team who's very, very small. Very small. I think he gets beat up by Virginia Tech's big man. And Dolajai's their... He's more of a finesse player, not a very big power player. Um, Virginia... Or Syracuse isn't as long as they're used to playing that zone. Uh, Buddy Buddy Bayheim's going to have to have a great game from shooting beyond the arc if Syracuse is going to win. Um, if Syracuse is going to cover, I should say. It's minus four and a half Syracuse. So I would take Virginia Tech and giving or Virginia Tech taking five, four and a half points. Next game, Baylor at Texas Tech. Big, big, big game. I would take Baylor three and a half. Baylor can shoot a lot of threes. Texas Tech plays slow, plays defense, but I am banking on Baylor to have a nice night from beyond the arc, hitting at least eight three-point eight, three shots. And then... Kentucky at Georgia. This is a tricky game. In conference game, Georgia's kind of popping off. They kind of have Anthony Edwards, who's a top lottery pick in the draft, versus Kentucky's uh, young stars and uh, their blue blood in Calipari. But I this was a toss-up between minus two and a half, Kentucky at Georgia. Uh, I think I will end up having to take the flyer on two and a half plus two and a half Georgia. But what I do like in this game is plus, I love the over of 142. Love over 142 in this game. Um, I think both teams get to a high speed pace and they just play fast. And this all depends on if Ashton Higgins is playing. If Ashton Higgins isn't playing, I think Georgia wins plus two and a half. Wins straight up. All right. Um, apologies for me cutting out of last episode. Uh, my, my picks for college basketball are finished and new episodes and new podcasts will be coming out soon. So for now I say bye and see you soon, America and any listeners watching. Thank you.